Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hard times no more. A Victorian kitchen garden restored. The Workhouse Museum Garden in Ripon has a fascinating history and at the same time it maintains a thriving kitchen garden, as Martin Fish discovered. As you walk through the gate of the Ripon Workhouse Museum Garden, you're stepping back in time to the late 1800s, when the garden was at its most productive and vital to help feed the inmates of the workhouse. Back in Victorian times, every town and city had a workhouse and Ripon was no exception. This was where people of all ages, including children, came when they fell on hard times and could no longer support themselves. For many, it was how they ended their days and the only way out of the workhouse was through the mortuary in a simple wooden coffin. Although a hard life with strict rules, inmates were guaranteed three basic meals a day and a bed. In return, they had to work for their keep, doing all manner of manual jobs such as crushing rocks for road repairs, carpentry and laundry. Males and females were segregated and all doors were locked. If you were aggressive or became unruly, you were carted off to the asylum. The Workhouse the present workhouse buildings were built in the mid-1800s and formed an almost self-sufficient unit with their own chaplain, doctor and teacher. As part of being self-sufficient, a kitchen garden was also developed on the former pleasure gardens of a neighbouring lodge house. And fruit and vegetables grown on the one-acre site were used to feed inmates and workhouse officials. Young male inmates in the workhouse were used for hard labour, but older men and children would be put on gardening duty. Some of the original buildings, including the iconic gatehouse, now form the museum telling the history of the workhouse. To the rear of the building, the old garden has been lovingly restored after researching old maps to determining the layout of the pathways which were reconstructed at the start of the project. The garden is now looked after by volunteer head gardener Nick Thompson and a dedicated team of around 12 volunteers who get together twice a week to maintain the garden and harvest the produce grown through the year. The aim when the gardens were restored was to grow a range of fresh fruit and vegetables using Victorian horticultural practices with a 21st century attitude towards the environment and a sustainable future. 
This includes growing crops that were being grown in the late 1800s, and Nick is constantly scouring seed catalogues looking for old varieties to try. Nick also has to take into account the growing conditions when choosing what to grow. Ripon is on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales, and the garden is north-facing and on a slope, so for much of the day some of the plots are in shade. Organic Principles The garden has always been divided into four main growing plots, with the crops being rotated. Three plots would be in use and the fourth left fallow. In the corner of the garden there was a pigsty where a couple of pigs were fed on scraps from the kitchen and old vegetables. Manure from the pigs would be spread around the garden and on the fallow plot. Nowadays the pigs are gone, although the sty remains as a reminder to visitors. The plots are now fed with homemade compost to keep the soil in good condition and this is produced in large bins where all the garden waste is added over the year. The fallow plot is also planted with green manure, such as red clover and buckwheat, which is chopped down and dug in over winter. No artificial fertilisers are used and nowadays the garden is run as near as possible on organic principles, whereas in Victorian times things were very different and some noxious chemicals may well have been used. Early records of what was grown in the garden show that brassicas, potatoes and onions were grown in large quantities and formed part of the staple diet. However, other vegetables were grown, including runner bean, painted lady, with its very attractive red and white flowers that produce short, tasty beans. It has been grown since the 1600s, but can still be found in seed catalogues today and is well worth growing. Nick's theory is that although much of the garden would have been used to grow basic subsistence crops, the staff and officials would have expected different vegetables on their dinner plates, so a range of more refined vegetables such as asparagus, artichokes and marrows would have been grown. Lots of variety. Salads were also grown, including varieties called lettuce, fat, lazy, blonde, which produces a firm head of crispy leaves and lettuce, bloody cos, sometimes known as spotted trout, with green leaves and deep red spots. Several varieties of potatoes are still grown, including a second early called British Queen, which has white oval tubers with a flowery texture. The main crop potato, King Edward, is also a favourite and grows well in the garden. However, back in Victorian times, this variety was known as Fellside Hero, having been bred in Northumberland by a gardener. It wasn't until the coronation of King Edward VII in 1902 that it was renamed in his honour. This is still a popular potato to grow, and when lifted in September, it can be stored and used all through winter. Crimson-flowered broad beans are also grown, and a French bean called Horticultural. When the last of the ripe pods have all been harvested for next year's seed, the stems are cut down to ground level and the roots, complete with nitrogen nodules, are dug into the soil in preparation for growing leafy crops the following season. Leeks, marrows, carrots, parsnips and beetroot are also grown around the plots to demonstrate a wide selection of vegetables to garden visitors. Herbs and flowering plants such as sage, lavender, pot marigolds and comfrey are planted between the vegetables to attract bees and pollination insects. 
Fruit would have been grown for the workhouse, and this continues in the small orchard where various apples are grown, including old Yorkshire varieties such as Dog Snout, Acklam Russet and Ribston Pippin. The grass in the orchard is allowed to grow, and alongside is a small wild flower meadow that is managed traditionally and cut in late August to allow the flower heads to drop seeds. This also acts as a very good habitat for many beneficial insects, and all around the garden there are bird boxes, insect homes and bat boxes. Other fruit in the garden includes plums, pears, gooseberries and blackcurrants, and along the west-facing wall blackberries are grown. It's an old thorny type, but it produces a really good crop of medium-sized berries that taste fantastic. And of course you can't have a Yorkshire garden without rhubarb. Rhubarb would certainly have been grown in the original garden, and several types are now cultivated, including Victoria and Prince Albert, which quite fittingly are together in the same bed. Pests Like all gardens, the workhouse garden isn't without its problems, and one of the main pests is slugs. Creating wildlife habitat around the edge of the garden also provides shelter for hungry mollusks that venture out at night and attack seedlings and young plants. To try and control them, old slates are positioned on the soil at the start of the plots to provide a cool place for slugs to hide. The volunteers can then lift the slates and dispose of the pests. It works to a certain extent, but to work properly you need to check under the slates daily and unfortunately the volunteer gardeners are only in on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Birds also play their part in damaging crops, and to protect them, many are now covered with fine mesh to keep pigeons off, plus, of course, cabbage-white butterflies. Back in the late 1800s, all of the produce was used to feed inmates in the workhouse. But nowadays, much of it goes to a restaurant just 500 metres away, where the chef uses it to create a truly seasonal menu. Nick and the volunteers harvest twice a week, and what isn't taken to the restaurant is sold at the garden gate to locals and visitors, allowing them to taste heritage fruit and vegetables with zero food miles, picked fresh from the plots. More info. For more information and opening times of the Ripon Workhouse Museum and Garden, visit www.ripponmuseums.co.uk. 